Welcome back to the Fairy Podcast. This is Ahmed, the discoverer, the explorer. And um, yeah, let me just tell you a little bit about what we spoke today with Mr. Ahmed Saad, someone who we've been chasing for about a year and a half. Uh, very hard to catch like he was in his football career. Oh, really? And to be honest with you, um, this was worth the wait. We had a couple of exclusives. He spoke to us a little bit about his career in AFL, a little bit about his career outside the AFL. Um, let me just not talk too much about it before. Yeah. Let's just get straight into the episode. What Keep do you reckon? Yeah, I, like I reckon just, you know, like, comment and subscribe if you want to see more videos like this. And, um, yeah, enjoy the app. Welcome to the Fair Dinkum Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, former St Kilda superstar, Mr Ahmed Saad's on the podcast. Um, what we wanted to do was start off with a bit of an icebreaker. Let's go. And um, to be honest with you, this might get you in some trouble, but let's just uh, let's get the, <laughs> the quick fire questions rolling, all right? So there's only been two Saad's in AFL. Straight into this one. <laughs> Straight in. <laughs> both Straight are in. pretty quick, and I know both are pretty competitive from what I hear. Yeah. Um, if you guys were to have a race, because I know you, you're still 33 years old, can you believe it? Mashallah, the prime of his, <laughs> his, his fitness. But um, if you guys were to have a quick 100 metre sprint right now. Now. Who's winning? Nah, Adam's got me now. Being your prime. Close one in our prime. Um, over 100, I reckon Adam will get me. I um, In our prime, be very close, man. Very close. But at the moment, hands down, you know, Sadi will, Adam, oh, I'm not going to call him Sadi because I, I always You're call Saudi. him, I'm the OG Sadi. <laughs> he's, he's not. Um, but yeah, no, hands down, he's got me now for sure. Um, he's playing some pretty good footy and he's at his peak at the moment, mashallah. So now he's got me, but I'd say at our prime, we'd be very, very close. Yeah. Very close. Beautiful. I like the humbleness, right? Yeah, I, 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 hear, I hear you're a competitive animal. Look, uh, yeah, I'll start <laughs> off with being humble, but then if you wind me up a little bit more, <laughs> we'll, we'll get going. But Good. yeah, pretty competitive, man. No, yeah, I was just talking to the boys before, talking about how, um, yeah, it's like a switch. As soon as that switch is on, um, I don't care if I'm versing my son, my mum, <laughs> you guys, as soon as that switch is on, yeah, it's, it's um, it's good and bad. Yes. Like I was saying, it could ruin my night sometimes. So if we're having a FIFA night, you know, and I don't want to, sometimes I don't play. Yep. Just so I don't ruin my night if I lose. So I'm happy just to <laughs> hang out with the boys. Because once I, like I said, once that switches on, it's just, yeah, competitive mode. Choose your battles, huh? Yeah. No, honestly, though, I, I feel like I've had that same problem in the past. And wallah, you're right. It just ruined my whole night. <laughs> because I got pissed because I knew, look, look, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole and then I'm going to get, like, especially cards. Yeah. Poker, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, anything man. that's a game, anything that I can compete in, and I hate losing, yeah. which is probably why I'm so competitive, because I hate losing. Yeah. I probably hate losing more than I love winning. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I just tend to stay away, but most times everyone's coming for me because I don't lose often. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's like the it. other reason too. Hey, that's a massive statement, bro. Yeah, yeah hey, well, I think he's <laughs> going to get the call up soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go through a couple of mad quick-fire questions. Yeah, let's go. Um, who is the best player you've ever played with played with mm. um tough one man because from a position perspective i'd say stephen milne because um, oh. when i was at the saints obviously he was i reckon he's one of the best more forwards ever so for me he was a mentor of mine um and mate he was at his craft one of the best i've seen you know at training if we're playing match sim or anything like that and even in games and if there's a ball and let's say 
big contest and it hits the deck, I feel like I can see it. I've got this. Like, I can see I'm going. Milne just comes straight back. Picks it up. So it's always ahead. Like, I felt oh, like, mate. so for me, he was someone I'd always watch closely and try to feed off. Um, so as a position-wise, I'd say definitely him. But I was pretty lucky when I got to the Saints, there was champions of the game playing there at the time. You know, Lenny Hayes, Nick Revolt. Uh, Del Sano, Goddard, Montana. So wow. I got their, their prime. Yeah. Um, so I got to watch and play with those guys. And they, and there's, I could name another five or six, Jack Steven, Armitage, all those boys. So I was pretty lucky um, that I got there at a really good time and they were so good yeah. in terms of the players there. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd stick with Milne just because of my <laughs> position. But, yeah, those guys, you know, Lenny Hayes and Revolt, like those boys in particular, were champions of the game. So I was pretty lucky. I got PTSD from all the names you just hit me. So I'm a doggy supporter, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're talking the era of when we could have won a premiership back then. Yeah. And um, all I remember was just St Kilda, bang, bang, bang. Stephen Milne, just PTSD, bro. That, bro, that brother's too good. Bro. Yeah, so, nah, he's, he's everyone, everyone, I think, hated him, that play yeah. like, from opposite team. Yeah, he's but, one of those players. Mate, he was the energiser. Like, at training, at the club, um, he was always the energiser. Gets everyone going. He's probably the best teammate you can have. Um, because he never had an off day, he was never down. Even when he was, he'd still lift all the group, and it was it was. Fu- I was probably one of the funniest teammates I've had as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, people think he's a pest on the ground and stuff, but as a teammate, that's what you want, you know. Any any funny stories that he uh, any like pranks or, or things that he done at the club that were hilarious? Or? Um, nah, it's just the one liners or what. Like he's just he's just very witty. Yeah. So anything in the moment, he would just pick up or at training or in the gym and stuff like that. He's very just real quick, real witty. So no like standout moments, but just it's just because it was so consistent. Yeah. It was always just yeah, it was always up and about, always loud, always um yeah, giving it to everyone. So it was pretty good. Oh, this is gonna be a, a bit of a thinker as well, but I, I believe this is a no brainer. Yeah, he's the greatest footballer of all time. Look, it's hard for me to say of all time because I only started watching footy um, and playing. Like I pl- started playing at sixteen. And I only started probably watching footy then. So what's yeah, that? It only counts from when you watch, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> it was really, like, bro, I, I had no idea about footy in, in terms of barely watched it. Like, I'll give you an example. I remember I was playing outside, you know, and there was no one around. I had the soccer ball kicking around. And I was looking around and the street's empty. That My neighbourhood street's empty. I couldn't see much. I'm like, well, where is everyone? It was a Saturday. <laughs> and then I had no one home at the time. And then so I, went, I was like, oh, I went inside, sat down on the couch, and I'm flicking on the TV, and the footy was on. I was like, oh, sweet. You know, I'll just watch the footy. And I had no idea it was grand final day. I promise you. Wow. So it was uh, Port right. Adelaide. Um, I can't remember who they were versing. It was the game Brian Pickett got best on ground. Brisbane. Yeah. Brisbane, yeah. So beat Brisbane, I, I, yeah. I think it was the last quarter and a half, and he had a really good like, quarter and a half, mm. last quarter and a half. And that was, honestly, I had no idea. That's how much of footy I didn't follow. Yeah. It was grand final day, and I didn't know. So I was 16 at the That's time. That's crazy. Was this 2005? 2004? Well, yeah, I'm 33 at the time. Um, so yeah, it's probably around there, like yeah. Yeah, I and I think Port Adelaide won, and yeah. Choco. Yeah, pretty sure it was Brisbane. Yes, yes, yeah. that's yeah. the one. That's so, the one. And Brian Pickett got best on ground, I think, because he did yeah. those couple of big bumps and stuff. And oh, that's right. that's how little knowledge of footy. So in terms of greatest of all time, I'll probably do the older guys injustice because I don't know them. Yeah. Um, but for me at the moment, or like recently, you can say like Buddy, Dusty, um, Gary Ablett Jr. Oh mate. Um, that was the answer I was looking for. Yeah, just, just so <laughs> those, those few, even like for positional wise, Surioli. You know, oh man. Um, so yeah, there's 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 heaps of guys. I don't know. I can't give you the best of all time because, like I said, I probably haven't watched enough footy and seen the mm. older guys. Like 
Dwayne Carey's, Gary Ablett Senior, etc. Yeah, so it's a lot harder for me. But yeah, yeah those guys, you know, in terms of talent and stuff, and what they do on the ground is is unbelievable. Yeah, well, from what I from what I understand, bro, um, obviously. From your positional perspective, you've obviously mentioned Cyril Rioli. Yeah. Um, you played against him, was that correct? Yeah. And, oh, not yeah. particularly against one another in positional. <coughs> but did you, did you... Okay, we're going to wait for Ahmed, yeah. Is, is there a time where, you know, you've watched another opposition player in the position that you're playing in and gone, yeah. oh, man, I, there's a little pointer there that I've seen. Yeah. I really want to add to my game. Yeah. And what was it and who was it from? Um, well, the two guys that I probably modelled... Tried to model my game on um, was yeah probably Buddy and Surioli to be honest, and then Buddy I'm not the tallest guy running around but <laughs> the way he leads and marks and his his goal kicking his X factor and stuff like that that was something I, I really liked to watch, um, and then obviously Surioli from a tackling point of view his pressure, the spark he brings the you know the X factor he has the goal kicking, you know so all that stuff for me was the guys that before I got drafted were. Well, would watch um, and even when I was at the Saints you know I'd watch their tape each week and see the stuff I can pick up and stuff like that and then as I said I was very lucky to go into a club that had one of the best small forwards probably ever as well in, in Stephen Milne so got to learn and watch him and learn off him and um, Adam Schneider as well was there too which is another really great small, oh, for, yeah. small forward so I was very lucky from a development perspective I had those guys helping me yep. um, but from two guys I loved from another club um, and love to watch with those two plus Eddie Betts as well. Oh, for sure, Eddie yeah. Betts is yeah the creme de la creme. Of yeah, that's right. So this kind of brings me to the next question, which would be: Has there ever been an opposition player you played against that's tried to mug you off, and like you know you've written him down? Obviously, you're a competitive player. You've written him yeah. down on the list. Next time we play him, he's he's copping on. <laughs> um, but not I don't yeah. The, probably the tough. Like if you ask me my toughest opponent, I'd yep. say um Michael Ferrido. So North Melbourne, I know he's a, it's, a, it's an odd one, but oh, he's a big boy. He's as big as that door. And, mate, he's super. He's fast. He's strong. Um, and I remember in the first quarter um, against him, man, he was just coming for me, like belting me, like bump after bump after bump, not letting me do anything, hit me behind play once in my stomach. I got wounded. I was like, mate, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> like I think I might have had a good couple of games. Not that. I think he just thought if I can bully this kid, he'll stop. Um, and they smashed us that game yep. um, And yeah man He was my toughest opponent by far Like he was just super strong Super fast I just couldn't get my, I just couldn't Couldn't figure him out And we'll, when you're losing As a small forward like, It's very hard as well um, But he was definitely My toughest opponent um, yep. That I had He was just man Yeah it's a Tough guy Very tough Back, is that a common thing in the AFL? Like when you, in during your years, like people just talking, like trying to get in your head. Yeah, I think they would have thought. Game. Yeah, I'm a first year player. I've had a couple of good games. You know, maybe let's try get into him a little bit. See if he can, you know, bounce back from that. See if he'll stop, you know, running and like playing, etc. Yeah, and cool. I even remember like Scott Waters. Um, a quarter time was like, you know, boy, side is getting belted out there. Can you know someone you know walk past and give him a give him a block or two. And the boys did that after they realised that, you know, they actually came and started helping a bit more and stuff like that. Yeah. So, which is really good. But, um, yeah, it was, he was a tough, tough opponent. 
oh man, you don't understand how much I didn't like Frida. <laughs> See how politically correct that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. I said the word don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, to be honest with you, I remember like I'm a perennial hater of North Melbourne. Yeah. I, I don't, I wasn't happy when I saw Jordan Clarkson go there. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson. My Clarker. God, Clarker. Alice. Clarker. Yeah, Alistair yeah. Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was wondering who Jordan Clarkson is. Yeah. <laughs> New player, <laughs> basketball. Player. Yeah, wrong spot. Yeah. <laughs> but um, nah, man. I, honestly, like whenever I I look back, I remember there was a very bright, uh, there was a very bright, very quick young footballer, another Muslim brother in the AFL. Yeah, and um, I recall there was a game where you you copped the the I think it was a clash of heads. Concussion is that? Yeah, yeah. You, you were taken off. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was at the Gold Coast Suns ground. Oh, I couldn't believe yeah. it. You know, I didn't I had I, blood coming out. Of yeah, my exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what was the 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 situation after that? Were you taken off for a bit, given a week or two? Yeah, on the sideline. So that was my um, that was my first concussion I copped. Um, was against Gold Coast at Metricon Stadium. Yeah. And then it's funny because the second time I played there, the year after, I actually got concussed again at the same ground. Um, so the two times I've been concussed well. playing AFL was both at the s- at Metricon Stadium. <laughs> Even though I like that ground, and I've always had good games, yeah. I've always started off really well, and then I got con- get concussed in the third quarter. Mm. Um, but that time, um, Josh Caddy was coming for a ball. I was coming, well, he was coming this way, I was coming that way. The ball kind of bobbled up, and as it bobbled up, I got up, and he was coming in, and he just knocked, you know, got my head. Um, I think I got a couple of stitches above my eyelid. Um, and then I was out cold. Like I don't remember. I only remember the incident from watching it, but I don't actually remember the incident because I was out for probably twenty minutes. I reckon because all I did, I woke up. I was in the rooms, mm. um, and the doc was next to me, and I could, and I was like, "What, what happened?" Because I can see the boy still playing on TV mm. in the room, um, and I was in my gear. But I was like, "What happened?" He's like, "Oh, you got concussed. This is what happened." And I was probably out for yeah a good twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and I don't remember anything. Completely gone, um, and then yeah, got stitches in my eyelid and stuff. And I remember because I was playing away, so everyone back home was freaking out. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, they were all watching it together at home at our house, and um, yeah, I remember my fio- my wife, my fiance at the time, and my mum and stuff. They were watching it, and they all just oh, they just see me knocked out, blood coming out. Yeah. So it was pretty tough for them. Mm. But yeah, they you just go through a concussion protocol. Um, so at the start of the year, you get. You get asked in preseason to do a test, like a concussion test, on the computer, mm. which helps you know make help you figure out your reaction time, all that kind of stuff. So me as an idiot in my first year, the competitive person that I am, I'm like, I've got to do. I want to score really well in this test because <laughs> all about how fast you can remember, how fast you can click the Just cards. Pr- prove them wrong. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to be real fast in this. So my baseline score is really high. Because I did so well on the test. Oh, wow. So when I went to do my concussion test the next week, I'm way below my baseline because <laughs> I'm, I'm not there. Like, I've obviously been concussed. Yeah. And you have to pass that test to play. So we're in Adelaide and I, they gave me a chance. So the week after we had Adelaide in Adelaide. So they gave me a chance to come to, um, to, to flew me up. They said they trained and stuff and I felt fine. Mm. But I kept failing this bloody base, this test. <laughs> you set the standard I too high. I set the standard too high for myself. Yeah. And the other, the older boys were like, mate, this is why you actually don't do yeah, so well yeah. in your first one. <laughs> so I was spewing. So I didn't play. I actually didn't pass my protocol, the concussion test and stuff. Um, and then I couldn't play that Adelaide, Adelaide game away. Um, and then the next year when I came back to preseason, I made sure I didn't do it as fast <laughs> <laughs> so that I could pass <laughs> next time. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was... 
yeah, victim stuff of myself. Yeah, right? exactly right. <laughs> but we didn't now that obviously if you get concussed at AFL, you automatically miss a week. Yeah, but back That's then there wasn't. Though, yeah. yeah, which I agree with. I definitely yeah, agree with. I've been concussed a few times. I got concussed this year. I missed a game. Wow. Same thing. I got. I was out cold. Yeah. Guy came from the side, got me. I fell, and I was out cold for about a quarter, and a quarter and a bit. Um, that yeah. was pretty yeah. So, but three massive concussions. Fun fact: You know he's playing AFL in the as a fourth boxer mm. his whole career. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing is now he's actually a key forward. He's actually like a full forward. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. From ex- nah, it's from play a small forward. Yeah. Small <laughs> forward. But it's, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Mo Yassin was telling me. <laughs> I'm like, bro, like, Mo Yassin's a small forward, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And he was like to me, oh, he goes, you know that side is the key forward is kicking 10 in grand finals. and da-da-da. I'm like. Yeah, it's because, it, yeah, I, I just play, because like, like I said, I, when I was like looking at Buddy, for example, like, I try to play tall. I've got a really good leap, good hands. Yeah. So I'm a hard matchup in terms of, if you've got someone small and fast, yeah, no worries, but I can out, probably out-jump him and mark him. But then if you've got someone tall, yeah, that might stop me from marking. I can beat him on the ground. Sure. So of, that's what the kind of is a bit of a strength of mine. But playing local footy, it's a bit different. Like 100%. You definitely, I'll, you know, you can play deeper, you can play a little bit up the ground. Um, yeah, the more space I have, the better, so I can use my <laughs> speed. Um, but yeah, it's been, been a tough year this year. I think it's a good segue for the question, bro. Like, what's the... You know, you've obviously played at three levels yeah. in consecutive years. Like, what's the, the standard or what's the difference between someone in the AFL, VFL, and then maybe local footy in these, the top yeah. ranks? It's a big, it's a, I think it's a definitely a big drop-off, um, and naturally, um, because you're going from, let's say, AFL, full-time athletes, live, breathe it, train it, you know, get looked after from a physical perspective. And then you go to VFL, you know, part-time footballers, Yep. Um, you know, some are striving to make AFL, some are playing to have a really good VFL career. Then you drop and you go to local footy where it's, you know, you train two nights a week for an hour or two. Yep. Everyone's working full time and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, there's some very good players playing local footy. There's some very good players. Um, and then obviously VFL, you're going to have some really good players that are trying to get drafted. So it's it's all competitive in its own self. It's, it's all very competitive because, you know, if you're an AFL player that, you know, after you finish your career, you go play local footy. You know, yeah, yeah, you might have a standard that's pretty high and stuff like that. But then everyone around you is probably not to the skill level, so that makes it harder. Yeah. So you're not getting the delivery here anymore. You're not getting, <laughs> you know, not playing on flush grounds yeah. on the G and yeah, you're, having, you're having to work more. So it's a lot harder. So everything, the conditions change. So then it's not just about having really good players to hit you up and you can run around in the right positions. You know, you and even like I remember. David Zaharakis played against us two years ago at West Preston. He, he played for Bondura. And I spoke to him after the game. He was like, man, it was so, I actually found it so hard, like mm. playing local footy. Mm. Because he goes, like, I was playing that half-forward role and I was getting in the right spots. I was running the right patterns, but I wasn't getting used. Yeah. And I said, mate, it's very hard. It's not easy <laughs> because, unfortunately, and it's not, not got to do with the players. It's just the knowledge is not yeah. the same. Yeah. You're not running the same game style. You're not running with players that know exactly where you got to be in this certain part, blah, blah, blah. So there is game plans and stuff, but it's not to the level of AFL, obviously. So you might be an ex-footballer running around and really smart and really running good patterns. You should be getting hit and how you run. It doesn't work that way. Um, so it's it's all competitive, bro. Yeah. It's, all, it's all competitive. And to win a premiership in each of those levels is still very hard. Yeah. No matter what, Division 10 or Division 1 or VFL or AFL, it's still very hard to win a premiership because you've got to be successful for the whole year yeah, exactly. as a team. So 
Because you yeah. won one in VFL, correct? Not yeah. VFL. I lost. I lost two in the VFL. Yeah. Um, but I've only played in the one grand final. Yep. So I played at the Bullens for three years. My first year, I played in the reserves. I don't think the senior boys made the grand final. The year after that, they made the grand final and lost. Yeah. Um, I only played about five six games, and then the year after that, um, when I played the whole year, we lost the grand final to North Ballarat. Um, we played at Marvel Stadium or Tausch Dome at the time and Isaac Smith got drafted that year. Okay. He played against us, mate. He was just running up and down. He that owned that wing, man. He dominated that Doesn't game. Stop, they yeah, got him yeah. drafted. Like he only played six, seven games that year, but dominated. Um so and then I lost, yeah. So I lost one VFL grand final. Um and then the last couple of years I was pretty lucky at West Preston. We went back to back. Um and then we we're pretty we'll, the year after that COVID, so we stopped playing completely for a year. And then the year after that, we were first. We only lost a game by two points or something. Yeah. And we were clear by two games. So we knew we actually had a chance to do the three-peat. But then it cut short again because <laughs> uh, of COVID. So we yeah. only played 12 games. Wow. They gave us the premiership that year. But they we said we didn't want it to be called the premiership. So they gave us like minor, minor premiership. premiership yeah. um, so I don't say it's a three-peat. It's just we went back-to-back. Back, um, yeah. And we had a pretty good, pretty successful time there at West. And then... Um, yeah, a lot of players started leaving and stuff like that. And the last two years have been pretty. Last last year we, I did my ACL. Um, we had a few injuries as well, and then we lost in the semi final. And then some players left, and new coach. And then this year we finished um, second last. So what's hasn't it, been fun. What's it like losing a grand final for somebody who's as extremely competitive as yourself? Man, like, losing in general, I hate. Yeah. Like losing in general, like I said, I absolutely hate it. So it's very tough, but. It's it's different when it's a team sport, like team environment, team sport, because you can't do everything yourself, and and I can't definitely like I, I need good players around me. I'm a forward, so I'm dictated by my midfielders. So when we were good and we had really good midfielders, I'm kicking goals. Mm. But the last year, this year in particular, we weren't as good, so I didn't kick as many goals. So mm. no matter how good I can be, I'm still reliable on the team, reliant on the team. So and that comes down to whatever level you're playing in. So. Yeah, for sure. um, yeah, it's, it was tough to lose that VFL grand final, but I was just happy to, like, I was like, man, how cool is this? You know, I'm playing <laughs> three years ago, I was in, at Roxy, and then s- probably six years ago, I just started playing footy, and I'm playing at VFL grand final, so for me, that was massive. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, it wasn't great to lose um, a grand final, but, you know, to be in that position was pretty cool yeah. as well. So, you're saying you're playing at um, North, Northern Bullants, yeah? Northern Bullants at the time, So, how did yeah. you get picked up there? How did that work out? What was the so story behind that? So, I played three years at Roxy. So yeah. 16s, 18s, 18s. And I played seniors in my last 18s year. And then I was now it's time to play open age footy. And um, I was like, well, man, I, I feel like I'm really good to play at this level, but I want to take the next step. I want to play at the highest level I can, which is VFL at the time. Didn't get an invite. Didn't get a letter back then, anything like that. But I just, one of my friends at, in, at Roxy at the time, he got an invite to the Bullens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if you got an invite, man, I can... Surely I can get in here. You can start, start, start to compare, yeah? Yeah, so I was like, oh, you know what? And then I said to him, I'll come with you. And he's like, all right, come with me, we'll go together. And I said, all right. So the first week he didn't go to training at all. Mm. And I said, mate, let's go. Like, I want to go. Like, are you going to go? And he, he was umming and ahhing. So I said, well, stuffy, man, I'm just going to go myself. So I found out what time they're training and where. But no one knows you. No one knows me. <laughs> no one even knows I'm coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just rocking up. Yeah. So the kid from Roxy just rocking up to Icon Park. <laughs> Optus Oval at the time, and um, I walk in, and, and bro, like, I was yeah, young in terms of footy, because I just started, like, three years ago, I wasn't educated around what to do and all that kind of stuff, but for me, it's like, man, 
I'm gonna if someone's gonna do this, I'm gonna make this happen myself. So I walk in, bro. I'm literally wearing a t- red t-shirt. I remember a red t-shirt, my EDFL shorts that I got playing <laughs> under 18s representative side. Thought it, thinking I'm a good player. <laughs> Runners didn't bring boots, nothing, because at local footy you don't wear boots until the like training, the season, yeah. you know, because oh, of wow. cricket and the hard ground. Yeah. And at Roxy, the ground back then, you know, wasn't the best. So then we. I go I walk in and I speak to the general manager Gary O'Sullivan. He kind of comes up to me, looks at me, he's like, "Mate, he goes, what are you doing here?" And I was like, "Oh, can, do you mind if I have a have a run? You know, can I have a session?" He goes, "Did you get a letter? Did somebody call you? Did you get an invitation?" I said, "Look, no one called me. I didn't get an invite, but you know, just let me just train. You know, if you don't like me, I won't come back. But just give me one chance." So then he goes and speaks to the head coach, which was David Teague at the time. Um, speaks to Teague, and then Teague comes up to me. He's like, "Mate." Um, you know, we'll give you, a, we'll give you a session. You know, good stuff coming up, just like that. He goes, we'll give you a session and say hey, we'll have a chat at the end of it. Mm. So I was like, oh, awesome, you know. So I got to train. Um, we trained inside first. We did our skills. Um, again, no boots. I was running around in runners. I can wow. look like an idiot. <laughs> um, but I made like I had a really good training session. I've trained really well. Um, you know, I tried to show off my attributes, which is my high jump, my good mark, my speed, all that kind of stuff, and. Um, and then we went outside, did the running, and I tried to compete with the fit guys, and I ran pretty well. Um, and then they came up to me after training. He's like, mate, well done. You know, trained really well. We're actually pretty happy with you. We'll give you an opportunity to work yourself onto the list. We'll give you a pre- the rest of the preseason to come back and train. That's wow. amazing. So got to come back for the whole preseason and trained and then um, earned a spot on the list, played reserves that year. I got injured just before the first game. I did my hammy. I was out for like six weeks. And then, you know, came back and played reserves the whole year. Um, I still knew I was miles off. Um, but spoke to Teague at the time and I said to him, mate, like, I want to play seniors next year. What do I need to improve on? And when you're playing local footy the year before and at Roxy, I was just a forward that kicked goals. No chasing, no tackling, no education around that. Yeah. You know, as if you're playing forward at local footy, that's all you do, just run around, kick goals. So that's what I was trying to do at VFL. But they said, hey, as a small forward, this is the stuff you need to be doing. For sure, and we need you to get a bit bigger, size-wise, and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't go to the gym before then. Like, I barely went to the gym. Um, and then so I said, all right, well, I need to obviously have a big off-season here. And I made sure I was going to the gym, got a bit bigger, put some size on, started working on, you know, making sure that at training I'm chasing, I'm tackling, I'm doing work on my tackling technique, all that stuff in the off-season. And came back and I was... Played pretty well in the practice matches. Played all the practice matches in the seniors. Um, played in the intra club with Carlton as well that year. And then I um, just before round one, they st- I didn't make the f- team. Like I think I played two games in the reserves. I think I kicked seven and six for something. I kicked two two bags. Mm-hmm. Then they put me up in the seniors. I got dropped after my first game. We played Port Melbourne. Got smacked there. Mm-hmm. Got dropped. And then I played the next couple of games. In the um, reserves again, kicked a couple of bags, and then they brought me back up, and then I stayed for the rest of the year. After that, I averaged like three, four, three goals for the first month, um, and then a few tackles and stuff like that. So I had improved, and then yeah, played yes yeah, senior footy for the rest of that year, and obviously the rest of next year. That's awesome. So you shows that persistence, pace, subhanallah. Yeah? yeah. For me, see myself, I'm a little bit more like my ego's too high for me to be able to go to a place where I wasn't invited yeah, and yeah. kind of force it because I would think about what everybody else around me is thinking. Yeah, yeah. So how did you kind of block out, you know, the rest of the noise? Yeah, I knew I knew it was going to... 
it was worrying. Like, this is probably why I didn't go the first week and I was waiting for my friend to go so I can kind of go with him, tag along with him and then be like, oh, look, he got the invite, but I'm just going to train with him. So I thought I can use him a bit of a shield. But when he didn't do it, I actually, I was like, if I, if I want this, I've got to go get it because it's not going to come to me here. You know, I can play at Roxy again, but ultimately that's probably not going to make it or do anything. And I always wanted to be a professional athlete, whether it was soccer, footy, whatever sport I played. I always wanted to be a professional athlete. So I thought that's the next, that's the step that I need to take. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely, for me, it was hard as well to go in and say, hey, give me a chance. It wasn't easy. But I kind of had the confidence in my ability. I kind of had the confidence in my determination that, hey, you give me a chance, I won't let you down. You give me a chance, I'll work hard and I'll prove myself. Um, and, yeah, so that was kind of the, what kind of pushed me a little bit. Yeah. And knowing that if I didn't do it, then it probably won't come to me. So sometimes you have to just go out and get it. Yeah. Uh, from what we understood, I think we were speaking earlier to Ali and uh, Ahmed as well about your upbringing, you know, where you uh, you lived in Australia until you were nine, yeah. I think it was, Eight, and then yeah. 89, and then you got shifted over to Egypt yep. because uh, I think a family member was ill, if that's not, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Um, do, you, do you attribute any of the, uh, you know, the uh, uncomfortability, like you're not settled in one joint and then you go to another yeah, yeah. and then you, you, you know... Able you to adapt. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, 100% my life was, you know, changed when I was eight, moved to Egypt. So you go to Egypt, man, I didn't know, you know, I could speak basic words, but I couldn't speak the language, you know, mm. being brought up here. Couldn't read, write, you know... Basic again, did some Quran classes, Arabic classes when you're younger, but how far is that going to take it? Yeah, yeah. We'll actual Arab that. country. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, so going there was a total different environment for me, you know, um, but I loved it. I actually did love it. It shaped who I am. You know, I got to live in a Muslim country, got to learn to read and write and speak Arabic. I've still got friends to this day from when I lived there. We still talk. Um, so it actually helped up and it actually made me grow up a lot quicker because as you guys know, over there, man, from 10, 11, 12, you're on the street. You're playing. <laughs> playing soccer in the middle of the road, using rocks as goals. It's your life. It's your life. You're, you're on the road, the street the whole time. You finish school, you go out, you're playing. So it's a, it was it was awesome. Like It actually matured me a lot quicker. Um, doing things at a young age that you probably don't, back then didn't do as much in Australia. But then, obviously now, man, it feels like you know, a 13, 14-year-old's an adult here. Um, so I think times have changed. But yeah, I, I definitely loved Go in there, but then we came back at 16. So again, I've come back to Australia. I've left at eight. Man, I don't have any friends. I don't have no one here. Just a couple of family members and stuff like that. So again, I had to adapt. Um, That's a tough age to adapt though as well. Yeah, Teenage years. 16 years old. Like, mm. Sorry, came back at 14, sorry. And then I moved to Roxy at 15. So I went to Gladys for a little bit, moved to Roxy. So I'm in Roxy at yeah, 16 years old and I'm, I've got no friends. I had one mm. friend that I saw by chance going to, I was riding my bike to go get Hungry Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I saw him and I'm like, and he's actually my best mate now. You know, oh, his name's TC. So I was like, um, I was like, oh, I literally saw him, did a skid, got back. I was so excited. <laughs> you know, I saw someone that I know here. Because yeah. it was in the area, yeah. And, he, and I said, we're starting school on the Monday. And he, had, he actually t said to me, yeah, he's moved schools also. And he's starting at Roxy on Monday, so I was pumped, Yeah, man. that's perfect. I tagged him, mate. I was like, <laughs> yeah, awesome. you need. You know, I need one, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, we, yeah, so for me, that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, that's what made me start footy as well. So I couldn't get to soccer training. I played soccer from 14 to 16 here back in Australia. And then at 16, at Roxy, I was playing at lunchtime, but I couldn't kick. 
you know, I could jump a mark and then I was fast. Can't kick. I like, could not kick to save my life. Yeah. And then the club at the opposite road, which is Roxbury Park Footy Club, I lived a minute away from there and a minute away from the school, a minute away from the grounds. It all made sense. And all my friends at the time that I just started making from my year level, they're all playing at Roxy. Yeah. And they needed numbers to fill the team. They're like, mate, why oh, do you just come? Okay. We literally need five, six more players to fill the team. Do you want to come? And then I was like, well, my mum changed jobs, so I couldn't get the soccer training anymore. My parents were divorced. My dad was in Egypt at the time. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I might as well stay fit. I love sport. Mm. You know, this sport's actually not bad. You know, I can, I can see that I couldn't be okay at it, but at the time I didn't think anything. I just thought it's a way to stay connected and yeah. stay fr- friends with these guys. Yeah, exactly. Make more friends and kind of have that sense of community as well. 100%. Yeah, that, I had no ages. one there, bro. Honestly, yeah. I had no one besides my friend TC, and that was it. Uh, yeah. And then these guys started, you know, from obviously school, you make friends and they're all playing there and they all lived around there. So I was like, this is mm. perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I was like, that's how I, I want to know. So you said you're still friends with some of the people from Egypt. Yeah. What was, what was their thoughts when they found that you ended up playing professional footy, which they don't know of? Yeah. They, yeah. It was funny because <laughs> they, they didn't know nothing about it. Yeah. They, so for me to explain it, is it they're like, is it rugby? Yeah. <laughs> is it American football? Yeah. Like I said, it's literally in between, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to. I had to explain it to them a little bit, but, um, and then I said to him, like, they, they had to explain, like, how big AFL is in Australia. And I said, it's literally like soccer here. Like, yeah. we're talking about soccer teams, Ahlis, Amalek, all those. I said, mate, it's literally like that. You know how in Egypt here, it's like the second religion? Yeah. I said, mate, in Australia, that's what AFL is, you know? So yeah. it was pretty cool that they couldn't really comprehend, like, yeah. The yeah. sport and how, what do you do and the stuff. Looks so like a yeah, as well. yeah. <laughs> and then like they'd send me highlights of like rugby and stuff. They're like which which one are you? Which team? I was yeah. like, mate, different sport. Like I told you a hundred yeah. times. It's a hard sport to explain because I'm yeah, an English teacher in the city now, and I, I have all Japanese and Colombian students, and they have got no idea about this sport. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to explain how the sport works, and they're just so confused. They're watching the highlights with me. <laughs> they're like, why is he tackling like that? How's that allowed? Yeah. This and that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So they took a while to understand what it is and stuff. They're all wrapped, you know. Yeah. They're all pumped for me, but. Yeah, it was it was um, definitely unique for them to understand what type of sport it is. Yeah, so speaking of like bold moves, we know that when you got drafted into the VFL, I think it was with Casey, if I'm not mistaken. Northern Bullants. Northern Bullants. Yeah. Um, you had to kind of, or I think it was some other moment in your career where you had to move in with uh, one of the teammates. Oh, that's when I got, after I got drafted, I moved in with Tyson Thomas. That's the one, yeah. yeah. So I think that's only when you started playing at St Kilda, is yeah, that correct? Yeah, that's right. Because so the new facility was at Seaford. Um, and I lived obviously in Roxy, it's like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was really close friends with Tyson Thomas, who played with me at the Northern Bullens at the time. And his dad was Grant Thomas, which was the ex St Kilda coach back in the day. Mm. Um, and then they just reached, I remember after I got drafted and stuff, Grant and Tyson just reached out and said, Why don't you come move in with us while you, you know, figure yourself out where you want to move and stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. Because um, it happened pretty quickly before the draft because I got drafted before the draft as a pre-listed player because um, GWS Giants had 10 that's their was they're coming into their first year yep. and they had 10 spots they could pick up for mature age players that have nominated for the draft the year before mm. and I was I, I nominated the year before obviously didn't get drafted so I was under that category so I got picked up by them and then they tra- it was almost like a trade mm. so they used it to get draft picks and they use it to get players so they'd used it for me to get draft picks off Saints. Saints, yeah. So that's how I kind of got drafted before the draft. Yeah, well, and you know where I'm going with this. 
But the garage. Yeah. I knew this was coming. As soon as, <laughs> it was you inevitable. That, as soon as you said moving in with the house before <laughs> you went, I was like, yeah, this is going to the garage this, man story. Oh, man, bro. Like, <laughs> I was like so confused. I remember watching the game and this BT started going off. Like, garage, garage, yeah, man, yeah. the garage, man. Bang, bang. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy, bro? <laughs> I never understood the story, so I want, I'd rather hear it from the horses now. Yeah, well... Um, it's probably It's worked out alright It's kept me relevant A little bit The garage yeah, man It still <laughs> pops up Every now and then So it's actually Kept me relevant So um, BT's done me a favour There um, So Yeah So I moved into Grant Thomas's house So mm. they lived in Brighton um, Mesha a lot An amazing house mate Like That's not a garage bro no, yeah, I was, I know. Uh, We had tennis court Spa Sauna Steam room. Yeah, I, I went from Roxy from. I went from Roxy <laughs> To there so I'm, in a, I'm in a castle there So um, You know And they were a lovely family I was very lucky, you know, that they actually wanted to bring me in and live with them. And, and my, they actually, off topic, helped me, helped me a lot in my first year to have someone like Grant there yeah. to help mentor me and stuff like that. So for me, that was awesome. Um, but yeah, so the garage. So me and Tyson lived in a, it was like a house outside the house. So I think oh, okay. it used to be a garage, but it, you can't even tell. And it's, it's just a house. Yeah. It's a little, so a we had a room yeah. in there. Yeah. So we had like, had our own ensuite, walk-in wardrobe. We had both Perfect. our beds in there, a couch, massive TV. So like it was a studio, pretty much. Yeah, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was that's pretty. It was, sick. it was pretty big room. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know well how BT caught onto that, and so he's calling the garage. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, get it, you know, Tomo, put him back in the garage, put him back in the house. Like, why is he in the garage? He just wanted to distinguish you from other players. It just yeah, yeah, special, which yeah. was alright. Like, um, but he he did. He went. It was the whole game. Like yeah, it was. I, yeah. yeah, it was the whole game. He just kept going. <laughs> garage. Even like Brock McLean, because I played with Brock at the Northern Bull Lounge okay. when he was at Carlton, and he tweeted, I think, throughout the game, he's like, you know, BT, it's not the garage, you know, he's actually with Tyson. So <laughs> should have um, said photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have, should have. Um, but yeah, it was, a man, I was very lucky and fortunate. They took me in, it was a beautiful house, and yeah, I love my time there, um, living with the Tomos. How'd, how'd that go down with Mumsy? But I know that. Yeah, know. well, you know, how my mum was like, you know, you, the only time you move out is when you're going to get married. Yeah. You know? That's all of us. Yeah, yeah that's for all of us. So <laughs> for her, it was, um, she understood, man. She was very supportive of my sport. You know, the year before I got drafted, that my third year in the Bullens, I said to her, look, I want to defer from university. I just want to really go hard this year because I feel like this is my year to get drafted. If I don't get drafted this year, then it's done. Um, and she was supportive, you know, she said, no worries, as long as you go back to it, never went back to yeah. it, <laughs> probably should have. Um, what were you it, studying? If you don't I was studying um, Bachelor of Exercise, Exercise Science and Human oh, okay, Movement, yeah. um, so, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest, yeah. like I thought teaching, I thought something in sport, but for me it was just, my priority was trying to get drafted and play yeah. AFL footy. And, and that, that, was that, didn't a, that was on your mind, that literally exercise science is kind of related to yeah, helping you yourself. Yeah, because of sport, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's because of sport. I, I just, if I didn't become an athlete, I would have wanted to be maybe a PE teacher or yeah. something got to do with anything but got to do with sport because all my life I've just been around sport and I love sport. So, yeah, for me it was just about making sure that I had some options. Um, but, yeah, that year I just really focused on f on, on, on my footy. Um, and, yeah, mum was obviously pretty, pretty um Pretty upset when I left the house, but understood why, and understood you know that it's I can't and I can't drive an hour and a half every morning, back and forth to Seaford, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was always making sure I got home and saw my family and stuff like that. Um, but she was obviously proud, you know that, mm. and she understood why. And then you know a couple probably nine months later after living at Thomas, I ended up getting my own apartment and stuff like that. 
um, in the Docklands. So I made sure I was still close to home, but also I can get to training yeah. and stuff like that. How does it feel like? Because obviously you and, like for me, I have mates, but I, I don't think I could ever make that jump. Does that make sense? To live in the same house as a mate. Like, how does that go down? Like, how do you acclimatise to the situation? Are you a little a little less comfortable in that in that living condition? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, doors on kind of I don't of know. I think um, me and Tyson were very close at the time. Yeah. Um, and, no, I think we, yeah, I think it was, to be honest, it was quite normal. I didn't feel like I, um, it was uncomfortable at the start. I had, I'd already known their family. Like, well, like as I said, I was pretty close mates with him for over a year and a bit. Um, so we were actually together for a while for a while that we hung out a lot um, playing at the Bull Ants and stuff. So, yeah, I think once I moved in, it was, they understood I'm a Muslim. They understood they, you know, I don't eat bacon or that kind of stuff, alcohol and that. And they were so good around that. They made sure all the food didn't have any, you know, wouldn't cook bacon, wouldn't cook all that stuff. So they sacrificed as well, which was kind of cool. And then, yeah, with Tyson, he knew that I needed to pray. He knew all that kind of stuff. So it it was a very easy, it was actually an easy transition. Um, which I was very lucky because it could have gone the opposite where we both just butted heads and yeah. couldn't work That's together. True, but yeah. I'm a pretty easygoing guy and he was too, so we're really cruisy. Yeah. We actually saw it as a pretty cool thing because we knew it was short term. Yeah. We knew I wasn't going to live there forever. Um, so it was actually pretty cool. And he was trying to still get drafted and play AFL. He was still playing at the Bull Ants. You know, I was playing AFL, so we kind of had a sep- similar journey and both had the same interest and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. How was that when you were in the AFL system? So in terms of you were saying with your friends, at least understanding with you know halal and all these other Muslim requirements, how yep. was it in the system with you? Yeah, so with St Kilda, I was the first Muslim they had. Like I was, after Bash, I was the second practicing Muslim to get drafted, um, first Egyptian. So I was the first Egyptian at the club, first Muslim at the club. Pretty cool. So, um, you know, that in, sal- that in itself is, is yeah, pretty cool. But um, the club were really good. They are really accommodating. They wanted me to educate them. So I'd get up, you know, and, and speak to the boys and the staff around my How religion. comfortable were you speaking about your religion with... I think Basha yes. helped that, you know. Yeah. he He's obviously was already in the system for a little bit, had already educated, you know, people around, you know, um, Islam and what we need to do as Muslims and stuff. Not as much as now. I think now people are way more um, knowledgeable and understanding and stuff. But back then, you know, Basha had already broken the barrier. So it allowed me a platform to be able to educate and stuff like that. Um, And they were were good. They'd ask a lot of questions throughout the day, whenever it is, when Ramadan came around, my fasting, what I needed to do. You know, I'd get to club earlier and leave like, Get, get to the club early, do my meetings, do my weights, train. I could leave after that. So that culminated for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they said, obviously, I had certain areas I can pray in and stuff. So they were really good. They were really good. They were really um, understanding. And, and they always, a lot of the boys ask questions. And um, I'd always just get up and educate, you know, mm. not to the extent that I could now. Obviously, more comfortable and stuff. I was only 21 or 22 back then coming in an AFL environment. So I'd, it was, yeah, the basic education. Um, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was still pretty good, and they were still very respectful and understanding. And um, like when you're when you're looking at all the other players that are around you, you know, and you, you're like, this is just normal day to day practices. Does not necessarily mean that I need everything in the club to change, like function yeah, yeah, and so right. on. Yeah. Like, how is it? Like, how is it explaining to the the boys? That, you know, it, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just me, and you know, at this time I need to this go. This is what pray, I gotta do. You know, that's yeah, it. yeah. And they, that's what they that's what they realize later. That's just I just said to him, "Look, it's it's way of life for me. So it's not like I'm going out of my way. This is something I just do, and this is something you'll see me do. So don't you know? It's just part of it. And then they got used to that. 
So they got used to when I had to go pray. They got used to when Ramadan came around and I'd fast. So it was become, yeah, they just, it was become normal for them now, mm. you know, rather than what's he doing or what's going on there or whatever. So I think what helped was that education piece, getting up in front of the whole group, just explaining to them as a Muslim, these are the things I need to do. Um, and yeah, don't worry about me. Like, I'll just go do it. My own. I don't need, you know, mm. anything special. I'll work, always work around the like, schedule and make sure I'm in everything and stuff like that. But these are some times I need to go pray and yeah. that's it. I want to take you back to the first season you played at the Saints. Yeah, after you've been drafted, you know, you come in, obviously win, uh, I think you were saying the best youngest player at the club. Yeah, best first year player, yeah. Sorry, my Which problems. was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> so, um, what's what's it like now that you've kind of like, you feel like you've solidified your position? Was there pressure? Was there, you know, like in the change rooms, they always talk about, there's like, there's like this, like a, a felt side eye from players who are in the same position, mm. you know, like who want to also get a game at the football club. But, but how do you navigate that as a footballer? Yeah, so I probably my first year I didn't see that as much because I was playing. So I didn't, like when I, f I debuted round six, and I think before that I played a couple of games VFL, I got suspended for one game or two games, and then I came back in and played another. So I didn't, I didn't miss out on a lot of footy, so I didn't get that opportunity to look at all that stuff. And I knew, man, there were some good players in that team, so I knew it was going to be hard to break into. Mm. Um, Terry Malera, which is one of my best mates at the time, and he got drafted as a forward as well. He played round one. Um, and I didn't, but for me, I was fine. Like I was, I was wrapped for him because he's my friend. Like, so for me, it was, it was, I didn't see it as he's my competition. Um, and again, new to the system, so I don't understand. Yeah. But in my first year, I got to play after round six, and I played every game the hot that for the rest of the year besides that concussion game. Yeah. Um, and I was playing some good footy, and I felt comfortable. I felt like I've cemented my spot in this team. So I probably didn't feel that stuff. Yeah. But then. I probably felt it a little bit more um, in my when I got back after my ban, back to the Saints. I was there's players in my position that are playing, and I'm like, like yeah, I feel yeah. like yeah, that's <laughs> when I'm like, man, like I want to play, like yeah. So it's it's hard because you're competing with you're, they're your teammates, but you're competing with 44 people to get 22 spots on the ground, sure. and then if you break that down, you're competing with probably 10 guys who are playing as forwards. Six that are going to get a game or seven, mm. plus some mids that are going to play in that position. So you're, you're you're competing for a lot of people. And then a draft comes yeah. through. Every then the draft and you got well. young guys and stuff like yeah. that. So um, yeah, you, you definitely um, it's it's a it's definitely a unique situation where you want your team to win, but you want to play. Mm. But for you to play, your teammates need to play poorly or get injured. So. It's very unique. What are you going <laughs> to yeah. sit down and hope someone gets injured? You can, just it's stuck not. In the fence, you can't. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's tough. So ultimately, it's come down to you. You work hard. You play yeah. good and force yourself in, and then you know, and you hope someone else is not playing that well. But it's yeah, it, it's a very unique one. It's very hard because obviously there's a transition now between um, you being a first team solidified player. Yeah. I think you guys finished ninth that season. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, we just missed out in finals by percentage. Yeah, and first um, year. So I, I'm I'm thinking now like how much of a test of patience is it for you? And obviously we'll come back to the, the, the ban and yep. what happened with that, the supplement saga, whatever it was. Um, how is it like for you to have your position solidified after a year and a half or two years of <coughs> proper solid football and then have that stripped from you and then you come back and have to start all over again? Yeah. Scratch. Yeah, it was tough. Like, I know we'll get into the ban stuff a little bit 
you know, later. But, um, yeah, it was a different feeling. Um, I was pumped to be back after missing so much footy and the band and stuff. So I actually got to play the first four games. It was a new coach. Um, I played, you know, round one. Didn't get near the ball. Like, I had a stinker. That was my first game after my band. And I guess I played that game in my head for 18 months. You know? yeah. So I was just... Like, I was just buzzing around. Like, I remember Richo at the time called me at quarter time on the phone. He's like, mate, you're moving so well. You're looking energised and stuff like that. I just couldn't find the ball. Yeah. He goes, keep it up, you know. But that game, oh, yeah, didn't play well at all. Um, but they gave me another game, game uh, against Gold Coast, played against Adam. Um, and then I played pretty well, but then I got concussed in the third quarter. Mm. So I got knocked out. I had kicked a couple of goals and I was playing pretty good footy. Got concussed, and then I came back the week after against Collingwood. We got smashed. Um, I thought I did all right. I actually personally thought I did okay, um, considering we lost. And then, but Richo wasn't happy with the way I played. Certain incidents, he wasn't happy with my decisions, and that caused a little bit of um, back and forth with me and him um, that week. And then we went to New Zealand to play Carlton, and I was sub. So I'm a player that doesn't get much. I don't very much. I average 11, 12 disposals for my career. I don't find the ball a lot, but you know I'll have a bit of an impact around goal. I'll put pressure on, etc. Yeah. Putting me as a sub, I'm not going to come on and find the footy. I can't. No, exactly. <laughs> so I almost felt like the writing was on the wall. That Collingwood mm. game, he wasn't happy with. The week after, they put me as a sub. I knew I was going to get dropped the week later, and I did. Got dropped, and then for me that was it. I played the rest of the year in the VFL, and then got delisted. Yeah. Um, after that year So that, that came down to a lot of things Yes, form um, Potentially some things Decisions I made a bit poorly throughout that year Due to, I don't know Maybe mi I missed a recovery session Because I went to a different bit I don't know All these different things that kind of <laughs> happened That I think to myself is Maybe there was accumulating things yeah, Whether it was yeah. Richo didn't like the way I played I was more offense than defense He liked a lot of defense yeah. um, I tried to I tried to play the way he wanted me to and I just felt like I was a robot. Mm. I was trying to play in a certain way that sat outside of how I play. Um, I'm I'm big on playing on instinct and playing freely and X factor. And I'm I'll, I am more offense. I'm, I'm more of an offensive player than a defensive player yeah. as a forward. But I kick goals, and I've shown that I can do that. So there was yeah, there's a little bit of yeah. I think there was a lot of different things that obviously um, yeah. You had a bit of a spat with the gaffer, huh? Not a spat. No, no, I wouldn't say a spat. Not at all. Um, but I just, maybe he just didn't like the way I played, yeah. disagreed with some stuff I did. Um, and then, you know, yeah, some, my form at time wasn't the best. I was dealing with some personal issues as well at the time. Mm. Um, I remember I had this lingering shoulder injury for about five, six weeks um, that I kept playing through because I thought, man, I need to play because I need to, need yeah, to prove need, I need Because yeah. I was picked up as a rookie that yeah. year. So I only had a one-year contract. So, yeah, but at the end of the day, it comes down to Nasir, but at the end of the day, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, but, yeah, it was, yeah, it started off well with Richard, it didn't end the best. Yeah, speaking of Qadr, I think we should go back, inshallah, and move back to the yeah the, the saga or the issue. This is an exclusive for Fedekum listeners, let's just say that, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. So let's, I'll, I'll, I think it's best if you explain the situation. Yeah. Um, obviously from the person who's first-hand experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what had happened and what's this saga that we we're talking about? Yeah, so I got banned for 18 months from Asada because I took a, uh, at the time it was a performance-enhancing substance on game day, which allows you to get, that's when Asada steps in and you can get banned for up to two years. So 
I had a mate that had a pre had a company, a, pre, a protein company at the time. Um, someone that I've known for a long time, um, supported me through my career and stuff like that. And um, I've been using that pre workout for ages, like for a couple of years. And it was never banned, so it was never banned before that. Um, it was a and you could before yeah I get into it. You could actually it wasn't like I bought it from you know back <laughs> of a back corner somewhere behind some, yeah. someone's boot or something. <laughs> Nah, it was literally an, an Australian-made supplement. You could buy off the sh- shelf at any supplement store back then. Gyms had it. So it wasn't a dodgy dealer that I got from someone, you know. So it um, wasn't, wasn't injectable or anything like that. So, yeah, it was just a pre-workout. Um, I had been taking it for a couple of years. But on that for, for that year in particular, I'll say the year I got banned, it had just got put on the banned substance list. Um, it was... It was um, banned on game day only. So you could have it for breakfast, lunch and dinner, Monday to Friday, train with it, all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, it got banned on match day. Match day yeah. Yeah, for that year, it went on the supplement list. So I had been taken it the year before and I'd been tested before and I was fine. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I got tested after a game in Fremantle and then I showed my doc. I said, hey, by the way, because you've got to write down whatever you've taken 24 hours prior oh, okay. to the game. Yeah. So I wrote down, you know, what I take, even like your asthma pump, you got to write that, inhaler, like oh, you write everything, Panadol, real specific, yeah. what you've taken, that's in your system. Um, and I wrote down that pre-workout. And then, and then I remember throughout that year, I went to show the doctor once during pre-season, I went to show him what I was, the, the, the pre-workout. And I went to his office and he wasn't there. Wow. Didn't go, I kept going, a week or two later, went again and he wasn't there. And I didn't, so I never showed him what I was mm. taking. And look, I take full responsibility, and I'll continue to talk about it. And I, but anyway, so then he hadn't. He, that was the first time he'd seen it. So he looked at the labels, went on his phone. He was like, "Sighting, might be been a bit of trouble here." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "There's a supplement in there, a substance in there that might be banned in a sub. Oh, that's banned." So man, my heart sunk like straight then and there. You know, he goes, "Anyway, we'll talk about it." So. Finish the test, go back, we get on the bus, go to the airport, and then by then I get called by this there was thing was a CEO, head coach, um, the doctor, and we're sitting on the couch in the lounge and they're like, This is what's happening, this is what's gonna happen, there's a banned substance in there, could get up to two years, blah blah blah. And I'm like, Oh my god, what the hell's going yeah, on? Out here? of nowhere. Bloody S in the like literally <laughs> out of nowhere, you know? So I'm 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 shitting myself. I'm like, this is my career done. Like, I've worked so hard, so hard to get here. And a pre-workout, that the substance was an alertness and awareness substance. So I think it got banned because boxers were using it a fair bit because it helps your alertness and awareness. But we did a toxology report through my, like, case for my tribunal. And it showed didn't have much effect on my performance. Um, And I actually, like, before that game, I actually had got dropped the, the week before. So I went okay. back to the VFL, had a good game, then came back in. So it's not like I was having 30 touches, kicking yeah. four, yeah. four three Brownlow votes every game. Like it's, you're, you're, I wasn't so you, you weren't Joe Watson nah. with Brownlow. No, no, no. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. But yeah, it didn't. It's not like I was like, it's not like it helped my performance and I was dominating. But at the end of the day, look, I, I take complete responsibility. I always have and I always will. I'm the one that put it in my system. I'm the one that drank it. We as players back then, until now, educated to go show your doctor whatever you take whatever you put in your system even if it's a any medicine anything you're taking you're unsure of 
you go speak to your doctor and let them tick it off first. So I knew that. So I'm not going to deny that. I was educated by the club, by my doc, and I knew as an athlete that was... But for me, I think where I was coming from was it was a trusted source. It was my friend of mine. I've been doing this. I've been taking it for a long time. Like... So I didn't really think much of it. I was like, it's not like it's a new thing I've started. Mm. So maybe that's why. Um, and But again, that's my fault. Mm. So I'm not do, blaming anyone. So in terms of pre-workouts and supplements, the clubs do provide as well or no? Yeah, I think there's like, back then the supplements we were using was from Masashi. Like we'd have proteins yeah. and stuff like that. Um, you can take, you know the, the Nodos tablets? Yeah, you could take that before games. That was stronger than what I took. <laughs> wow. So, and again, we did the toxicology report and it showed like those two caffeine tablets you can take was stronger than what I took. So, yeah. So it just, but it was banned and it was my fault. So I'm never going to go away from that. (laughs) So now, now that we, um, you know how the way there's, um, there's always like a, like they look at the thing again and they, they assess and they come back to it and they say whether or not the 18 month ban is actually too much or not. So if somebody was to have that in their system now, do you know by any chance, what the the punishment looks like, or so if I there think is a punishment. So in terms of if someone had a banned substance in their system, no, not banned substance. That specific substance that you. Have. I'm not sure if it's still on the ban list or not. To be quite honest, um, but if it is, then it it be it come under a performance enhancing substance. So then they could. I think it's almost up to four years now. They've increased it. Oh, okay. And uh. then so you so what it is so you I went to the tribunal. So you automatically have two years. So I'm going there knowing I'm missing two years of footy. So you're what we're trying to do is bring that two years down. To as mm. low as we can yeah. So it's not like we're starting at zero We're actually starting at 24 So I've got two years that I'm going to miss In my second year Which is a crucial time of my development Like oh, I yeah. just finished my second year I missed the second half of the season Because How of this How old were you then? Going to the I was, I was 23 oh. um, And yeah. bro it was a very tough time in my life Like imagine like you've You've gone from you know Roxy, VFL, then you're playing AFL, had an awesome first year, like we're talking about, cementing my spot in such a good side. I'm living the dream. The sky's the limit, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I'm the second Muslim to play. I'm present, I'm representing a massive community. And then, you know, that happens. And then within a couple of weeks, it gets leaked to the media when it shouldn't have. They should have mm. stayed confidential until the second sample comes out. And it got leaked, and then bro, I'm watching TV, breaking news. Saad takes drugs. It's it's They stop... Wow. Shows to come So I'm a Muslim And my name And my family names Associated to drugs No one knows my story Because I, I can't tell the story And it's just Everywhere Bro mm-hmm. Everywhere I look And at the time The Essendon saga was going on So there was, It was It was massive And back then There wasn't many cases like this Like now there's been a few I think it was Josh Thomas And someone else From Collingwood And then Rioli So there's been a few Happen after that But back then It was foreign so this was just like unbelievable. This is just everywhere. So I'm sitting there watching the TV and just breaking news. It's coming down underneath. Sad takes drugs or banned substance, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, this is tarnishing my family, my community. Like, I feel like I've let so, so many people down. Um, so it was a very, very tough time for me, my family, people around me. And, and then to go to the tribunal, and as you're talking about bringing that down and then them repealing. So we brought it down to 18 months. Mm. So... 18 months allowed me to miss a full season, um, the first half of pre-season, and come back in January. So I could start training with the club in pre-season. Yeah. If 24 months, that takes it to mid-year of a second season, no one's picking you up. Yeah. No one's picking me up. And you're playing catch-up. 
bro, there's no one's going to take you. You miss two seasons of foot. You're going to come back mid-year. They're not going to be able to train you. You lost. It's your done. The band, just just for people to understand the situation, yeah. the band was no training. Yeah. No playing. Yeah. So the band is pretty much. I called it sport prison. Hang on a sec. You guys are not subscribed. I think you guys before you start the video, make sure you subscribe, turn on the notification bell, and enjoy the rest of the video. So it was you can't train. I couldn't train with anyone. But I couldn't come have a, I couldn't even come play futsal with you guys because it's organised tournament. Wow. I couldn't play. I couldn't go back to Roxy for have a kick there for the training session. But I couldn't go back to Egypt and play soccer there if I wanted to. So you everything I did had to be on my own. Nothing structured. Nothing organised. Yeah. I play. I remember playing one game for Vic Vipers futsal Oz. Okay. Yeah. And I got told off by my manager because it potentially could have stuffed my ban up. My 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 sentence. Because it's an organised type of thing. He yeah. goes, just stay away. So then I, 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 so I couldn't even do that. Sets up Conan's in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I had myself a personal trainer. So my, one of my good mates, Adam Yakabuchi, at the time, who was my captain at the Bullens, mm. he's had his own personal training facility. And he reached out to me when the ban happened. And he goes, Sadi, if you need training and stuff, let me know when you're ready. What a legend. And let's, I'll, I'll train you. And I, he did. And I went to him, bro, every day. We set... a. We went, caught up with him. We set kind of a timeline. I remember going away after the first ban happened and then just said, I need to switch off. Um, and the tribunal was the Saturday, the Thursday before my wedding. I was getting married on the Saturday and yeah. had to go deal with this tribunal stuff. It's and a nice present. Yeah. Right. So it was so hard, man. So hard. Like credit to my wife. She carried everything. Yeah. She carried the load. She did everything. I had good support with family and mentors and stuff like that. A really good circle. Um, but, it was a very, yeah, imagine oh. going to the tribunal and then Saturday your wedding. I'm on honeymoon trying to one day if I'm getting banned for two years or not. So organising as well. Then like, I get 18 yeah. months. Yeah. And then Asada say, nah, not good enough. We want to give him two years. So then we have to go through the whole thing again, the whole tribunal process again, more money on lawyers, more money on all that kind of stuff. I didn't have much at the time, my first, second year player. And for me, it was just, mate, I just want to be, I just want to, get this over and done. Like, I want to be done with it, you know? Yeah. Then my mum calls me, she's crying, I have to go this again, my wife. Like, mate, it was so hard. So the hardest part was seeing people you love getting affected. But I'll cop yeah. it, I'll deal with it. I'll, I'm, I think I'm pretty strong and resilient. But when you see your loved ones and family and friends and stuff like that, they're getting affected, kills you. That, that's yeah. what killed me the most. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to ask, like, what was the community reaction like? Were they comforting? Were they a little bit judgmental? Like, what was the... The situation um, after because from what i understand especially the way the media works is they want to make sure that they highlight massive key words yeah, yeah your name yeah next to the word drugs that's all it was you man. know what yeah. i mean like even i, pl I played a pr i remember playing a, a game in brisbane and at quarter time i had a hydrolot they have like hydrolot icy poles because we're playing in brisbane so right, i remember taking it like sip like quickly sipping it and there was a photo of me and it, as, as like, that's how pity, you know, like there was yeah. oh, about talking about my band and my substance and the, there's a photo of me drinking the thing, like holding out like that. It just looks, it looks shit. Wow. Yeah. But like, that's the, that's the stuff that I was seeing all the time. Um, I think the community was fine. I think the community was quite supportive. Like, you know, when, when I went to Haiti, for example, at Hod like Egyptian community, at Hodeberg mosque, like everyone was getting around me, everyone was supportive and stuff. They knew, a lot of people knew the person that I was. Mm. So I think that's what helped. But, at the same time, it's it's hard when the media is telling you something and the people that don't know me, they're probably judging me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then 
like I said, for me to see that my name next to the word drugs and and, then, and knew that I had, I was only at the time, Adam hadn't been drafted then, it was only just me and Bash playing, so like carrying a big load of the Muslim community and stuff like that. Um, and naturally you're a role model as soon as you get drafted. Yeah. So I felt like, man, I've let a lot of people down. Did Bash reached out to you? Yeah, 100%. Bash was awesome. Bash was, I mean, he was someone that I always reached out to around that time. He'd always check in on me. Um, you know, obviously I had Ali Fahu at the time as well. He was pretty supportive and checked in on me a fair bit. Um, Grant Thomas, Scott Waters, the coach of the Saints back then. He was someone that was so good. Like, I'd, he ended up getting sacked that y- the year. So... In my second year, he, that was his second year of coaching. And then when I first started getting banned, he got sacked. Mm. But he'd actually reach out and we'd catch up every Sunday for a kick and chat and stuff like that. And he wanted to make sure that I stayed fit because he believed that I had another chance to play mm. AFL footy. Um, so I had, a, I had a really good support network, obviously, with my family, my wife and stuff like that. So I was pretty lucky. Yeah, so obviously, like, for people that go through a struggle, they understand that there's just a massive waiting period between... Knowing your fate and not knowing what's going to happen. So, like, I don't know, with any struggle in your life, obviously footy was something massive in your life yep. and something that you held dear to yourself. How, how like, how do you cope with not knowing, you know? Yeah, well, when, to be honest, man, I, I was in, like, I felt like I was getting depressed. Like, it was so hard. Um, you don't train so much, right? Yeah, like, man, how much training can I do? And, yeah, so this is while I'm serving the band. I'm waiting till... Am I going to get drafted again? Mm-hmm. I can. All I can control right now is training hard, making sure I'm fit, making sure I'm ready to go when the draft comes around, and you know, and hope and pray that someone can pick me up. And to be honest, at the, in the initial stages, man, I, I didn't know what to do. Like in terms of before the training and before all that, once it happened, and I knew I'm missing footy and the tribunal, man, honestly, and I, I resorted to 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 my dean as much as I could. I got as close as I can to God, and it actually. That ban almost shaped me from a religious perspective, from a person that, you know, I was always a practicing Muslim. Yes, I had my shortfalls, 100%, as we all do. But that incident helped me connect with God a lot more. I was a lot more, how can I say it? Like, I just made sure I did all the little things right. I connected more. I started reading Quran more. I started becoming a better Muslim, ultimately, because I knew... If anyone's going to help me here, it's God. Because ultimately, I don't know what's going to happen. All I can control, train hard, work hard, blah, blah, blah. The cliches. Mm. But ultimately, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. I pray every night, please let it happen. Because I love, I want to play AFL. I want to be a professional athlete. It puts me in a position to help my family financially, my mom, my family, all that kind of stuff. So I don't I didn't come from a wealthy background. I, mean, I lived in Roxy, like a normal person. You know, we weren't rich and... You know, I used my money at footy to help my family, my sisters, my mum, etc. So, you know, it wasn't just about losing a profession. It's about losing financial money to help family. Yeah, so, exactly. um, yeah, it was tough, man, but I definitely got as close. Like, I definitely, I can definitely say that definitely brought me a lot closer to my dean, um, that experience, for sure. SubhanAllah, I can sit there and I'm just like, I'm recalling everything now from what you said to me about the story. Like you go into the doctor's office once, going twice, he's not there. You know, even before that, you've been taking something. You can take it six days a week. Yeah. Just the one day before the game, uh, before the game, you can't take it. On game day. Oh my God. Like sometimes yeah. it, it just kind of, you can just see Allah SWT had his hand in all of yeah. the situation, 100%. you know. And for us Muslims, we believe in Qadr al 
whatever is good is good yeah. whatever is bad is good as well because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who decreed it That's and right. us for for us to strengthen our deen we have to be wholeheartedly believers in that yes yeah, obviously it's not uh, it's easier said than done yeah man at the time it's hard like you're like like what like you know i know we're not meant to say why yeah this but is why a, me yeah but like, like uh, why <laughs> you know yeah. yes I, yeah and i knew i did short like i knew i had shortfalls so don't get me wrong i was yeah as for sure do. so then i'm like it's because of these things you know like and i always just thought you know what god tests the ones he loves yeah this is an opportunity for me to put my hand out you know and you know you walk to god he'll run to you and give you uh, give you a hand he gives you your arm so for me, it was about getting as close as I can, being a good Muslim, um, working hard from a physical perspective, making sure I'm ready, doing all the right things, um, and then ultimately just giving myself the chance so that if I don't get drafted again, mm. I can say, you know what, alhamdulillah, I did everything I can. Mm. I worked my ass off. I was a better Muslim. I've done everything I can to, to make it. And if I didn't, well, you know what, I'm leaving it up to God and that's nasib. Yeah. So as I... As the months went on, it got a bit easier understanding that. And as I got, you know, I think it just got a bit calmer knowing, you know. Yeah. So it was, it was, but it was tough. Like, oh, it was tough watching it and stuff like that. And I didn't watch much because I was like, man, I can't. And yeah, yeah, it went through a tough period for sure. Um, but because it's a day to day thing, it's not like, oh, 18 months just happens no, like that. That's right. And it's like every day I wake up, it's there. Right. And then I had to go get another job and I had to, you know, it's just. It was just like, I don't want to do this. Where, yeah, where, where were you working at the time? So at the start, my family got an importing company. Okay. So I did some stuff with them a little bit. And then I, um, my sister at the time was married to um, someone who worked in stockbroking. Okay. So then he got me a job at his company. And then I started becoming a stockbroker. I got my license. So I was, I was a licensed stockbroker. Yeah. Um, so I did that for six months. And then I remember probably about four months before the draft, I just said to them, look, thank you, but... I'm going to, I just said, look, I don't want to quit just in case yeah. I don't get drafted. <laughs> but is it all right if, you know, for the next four months? Yeah, I just, I don't want to pay nothing. But just in case I don't get drafted, you know, I'll come back. And, and they were good. They're like, mate, no worries. That would it's be not torture. like I was doing much anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That would have been torture for you though. Yeah, oh, like sitting in a desk, oh, suiting man. up. I was like, mate, <laughs> yeah. get me back in the club. This isn't for me. No, yeah. so um, it was, it was a, it was a big reality check. Um, and it was, it was good. It was just to show that, hey, there is a real world outside of this. Yeah. Um, so I was weighing up my options, but I was just doing that for the time being. I thought I can try a different field in stockbroking and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, for the next four months, man, me and Adam, Yaka that I was talking about, we just got to work. I just made sure I used it as a preseason. And um, after the ban, from what I understand, there was a second lease. So you came back to the club. Is that correct? Yeah. Or? So I, um, so then as I'm, yeah, so the 80 months are nearly finished. The draft's coming around. The rookie draft's coming around. Clubs actually started showing some interest. So I had Collingwood reach out to my manager. Didn't really speak to them as much, but then Carlton. Uh, Mick Mulhouse was the coach at the time. And I remember he called me on a private number and I was downstairs from the office. I was stockbroking downstairs. And I promise you, I thought it was a prank. Well, I thought it was one of the boys upstairs <laughs> mucking around. And he calls like, hey, mate, this is Mick Mulhouse. Just want to say, you know, have a chat and I'd love to meet you because I'm looking to potentially bring you across next year. And his voice sounded similar to one of the boys upstairs. Like, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, mate, good on you. You know, yeah, good oh one. My God. He's like, mate, this is Mick. I'm telling you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, anyway. I said, yeah, mate, no worries. I'd love to play. No, Like, I was taking the piss. <laughs> and I said, anyway, text me. Text me what you want to do and I'll catch up with you. Well, I swear to you, I thought it was a prank. He texts me 
and then with his number because he called me for private number. Then he texted me with his oh, number, okay. and it wasn't one of the boys upstairs. So I called him back straight away. I said, "Mick, I am so sorry. Yeah. I actually thought <laughs> he dealt with it well." <laughs> yeah, and he he started laughing, and then um he ended up yeah caught up with him twice. Went down to the club at Carlton, and he actually gave me commitment that he was going to pick me up in the rookie draft. Oh wow! So I've got, and then the Saints at the time they came out and said I spoke to them and they said, "Sadie, we're going to take you back." I'm going to take you with the first pick of the rookie draft. So a week before it, Mick said, Nate, I want to, you know, come to us, blah, 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 blah. So I said, you know what? And this is your exclusive, mate. Exclusive that no one really cares about. but <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people. No one actually knows this besides, you know, a couple of close friends. But, yeah, I'll, I um actually told Mick, yep, awesome. I'd love an opportunity to change it up a little bit. And I'll, I'd, I'd actually like to come to the Blues, which... Also, was I knew a lot of the players because I played with them at the Bullens. Yeah. So it was like it felt like I was coming home a little bit. Yeah. Um, closer to my f- closer to home. It's in Carlton. I lived in Roxy. So I was like, this, a lot of it makes a bit of sense to me. Change of environment could be good. Um, so I s- and they needed a small forward at the time. I think Eddie had left. So I was like, this is a great chance for me to maybe switch it up. Big shoes to fill, but yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> one, of, one yeah. of the best ever, mate. So I ended up um, calling the Saints back. So a couple of days before the draft, it's actually the day before the draft, rookie draft, I called the Saints list manager and meet Baines. And I said, mate, you know, thank you for wanting to pick me up again tomorrow, but please don't. I'm going to go to Carlton. I've got a commitment. He goes, mate, that's like, anyway, we had a chat. He was good. He was actually, he understood. We had a really good conversation he goes, well, mate, if you don't want to be here, we obviously don't want anyone at the club that doesn't want to be here. I said, mate, I love the club. I love the people. I love the players and everything. But I feel like for me, it's an opportunity to change it up. And an opportunity for a fresh start, different club after my ban. All made sense. He's like, all right, we'll decide, you know, I'll speak to the club and, and then we'll decide tomorrow whether, you know. He goes, but if you don't want to be here, we're obviously not going to pick you up if you don't want to be here. He goes, have you told Richo, Alan Richardson, which was a new coach at the time? I still hadn't worked under. I did a bit of a pre-season. I did, um, I had known him from the Bull Ants a little bit because he was at Carlton then. So then I call Richo and I'm like, um, you know, hey, Richo, just letting you know, I've decided that I want to go to Carlton. Um, I know you're going to pick me up tomorrow after the first pick, but please don't, you know, take someone else and I'm going to go somewhere else. He was filthy. Yeah. Different conversation to what I had with me. Massive, like, mate, just... Yeah, I can't really say what he was saying, <laughs> yeah. but he hammered me like his mate, not good enough. Blah blah. A bit of it, bit of it, I understood. The bridge was burnt, basically. Yeah, like a bit of it, bit of it, I understood where he was coming from about the club and come back to the club. And I wanted to, but I felt like this is a better opportunity for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, at the Saints, I had I loved my time. So before that, you know, going back, I loved my time at the Saints. I loved the players, all that kind of stuff. So I had no issue with the club. I just thought for me, it was a good opportunity to change it up after my ban. Um. And then he wasn't happy. Like, he was filthy. And, yes, it, was, it wasn't was a great conversation. Next day, um, rookie draft comes around. I, to- I call Mick straight after. I said, Mick, I've told him, mate. You know, he's like, awesome, mate. Congratulate. That's great. You know, hopefully. So he, they told me they're going to take him with the second pick of the rookie draft, Carlton. Saints finished towards the bottom. So they, all, they had the pick before Carlton every time. So Car- Saints go on and pick pick one. Jack Sinclair, 
He was an absolute freak, gun, yeah. all the sh- back-to-back all Australian. Yeah. So I did them a favour. So saying, saying as you're welcome. Because <laughs> they would have taken me instead. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. So that's me wow. caring about the club, you yeah. know. So And then second round comes in. So I knew Carlton were taking me for that first pick. Second round comes in. Saints. I'm, I'm watching it on the computer because um, it was the rookie draft. And then they take ages. And I'm like, they're going to take me. I just had a feeling I'm like they're gonna take. I was watching it with my uncle. Do you feel like out of malice? Was it like just to screw you? No, or? no, not necessarily out of malice. I just thought maybe Richo just thought. Could, look, the night before on the on the on the socials, they were like, "Oh, who should we take back to? Who should we take to my rookie draft? Whatever." And alhamdulillah, I was lo- I felt like I was loved by the by the Saints supporters, and I always thought I ha- I have been, and I always loved them. And the comments, bro, were filled. They have to take side back, you know. Law to unites us was our slogan. So like that, that's your slogan. You need to take him back. Got to get Sadi back. So I'll, it was filled. Their socials for a couple of days was all about making sure they pick me back up, which I'm so grateful for um, to get that support. Bro, and I feel bad saying this. I feel bad because I'm saying you know I want to go play somewhere else. Yeah. But for me, it just fit my family. It fit everything. Yeah. And then see it loading, loading, loading. Pick whatever it was. Um, it's uh, St. Kilda. How was your feeling? And, like straight away? Honestly, I was a bit devastated. Because I, I wanted to go. I felt like I, w- I had moved on. I wanted to play at Carlton. Fresh I start. wanted a fresh start. I had already f- kind of put my head to it. Um, but, and then I'll get a call from Mick like straight away. Mate, I'm so sorry. Obviously, we tried. Or, you know, we would love to have you at the club. Blah, 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 blah. Then uh-huh. Saints call me. Um, I think it was um, I think Amit called me He's like mate Congratulations Obviously you want you Come down to the club Today so we, You know Do some stuff He goes I know you did I know this is not What you wanted But we feel like You were the right fit To bring come back To the club and stuff So for me The way I see it, it Was a win win For the Saints mm. They bring me back Yep And I'm grateful And I love that They brought me back Because I love the club I always have Yeah. So they bring me back So I'll get the opportunity Yeah If he comes back And he has an awesome career Big tick Well if he doesn't, well, at least, you know, we've done the right thing. Fans are happy, etc. So it's it's a win-win. Um, and then I'm grateful, don't get me wrong, that they picked me back up because, mate, to get two chances to play AFL is, oh, yeah. is amazing. So, I'll, yeah, definitely don't deny that. But I was looking forward to playing at a different club and going to Carlton and playing. Um, and then what, hurt, like, what annoys me more is, you know, like I said, all different factors why I probably got delisted that year, but a year later I got delisted. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Jack Sinclair comes in, Jack Loney, Adam Schneider's there. There's a lot of competition for that small forward role, which is why I said that's when I felt it a lot more. Yeah, I'm like, mate, I can't, like, I'm playing some good footy in the VFL and I still can't get in. I have, like, I remember towards the end of the year, the last game of the season. So last round for Saints, and I think we had one more game in the VFL before we made finals. And I had averaged... The last couple of weeks, like four goals, four, five, six tackles. I was playing some good footy. I had hit a really good form. Mm. And Jack Loney injured his, I think it was knee or ankle or something like that, and he missed a couple of weeks. So they're playing, Saints are playing West Coast away in their last game of the year, not making finals. Jack Loney is a first-year player. He's missed about three weeks through injury. And Carlos, they know he's a good player and he's going to play next year. No worries. So I go to Richo. I said, Richo. Let me play this game. Yeah, it's the same position. We w- we weren't kicking goals. The Saints that the last couple of games we were lacking 
goal kick, like we weren't kicking a lot of goals. Mm. We were losing, we weren't playing that well. So I, when he came up to speak, I said, let me play. Like, give me this one more chance to prove myself. Mm. He goes, no, nah, we're going to play Jack Loney. And I'm like, mate, he's just come back from injury. He had, like, he's been out for two weeks. I said, let me play one more game to, you know, I, I wanted to prove myself. Then give me one more chance to play a game so I can try to earn myself back. Because I knew well, the writing was on the wall that I was going to yeah, get to that's this. a little fight as well. And then once that happened, I walked away. I'm like, mate, I'm done. I knew then and there I was going to get delisted. That's at the crazy, end. man. So, so there was no there was no further talks with any other AFL clubs after. I did. That I spoke to a couple of clubs, to be honest. A um, couple of things just didn't go my way in terms of like another a club that I spoke to ended up picking up someone. A really good. I think they picked up a really good player. I don't want to say who, but they picked up a really good player, and it was a genuine gun. Yeah, tell um, us off the podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Still and know. So then they're like, well, we just got him, so we can't take you. Another one, they decided to give another a player a year instead. Just a lot of things just didn't go on. Again, mm. Nasib. So a lot yeah, of things yeah. just didn't work my way. But I did speak to about three, four clubs. They showed some genuine interest. And unfor- it was just they were all saying the same thing. We just got to wait on this. We just got to see this. We just got to wait. And then literally everything that... Could go my way, didn't? <laughs> mm, well. And then, yeah, and then that was it. And I went back to the VFL and said, "Give me, I'm going to go. We'll have one more crack, one more crack, so I can just walk away from this, knowing that I gave everything I can, played it, and had a ripper year, kicked 50 goals. I won VFL Team of the Year, full forward. I um was playing on AFL players every week, and I was beating them at VFL. And we play, I was playing at Coburg at the time, who we finished third or fourth last. So I was playing in an average team. Um, in terms of where we finished in the ladder. Great mates, great people, Mm. but we just didn't finish high enough. And then I was still playing some good footy. And then, again, spoke to some clubs. And And you were what age at the time? And that's what I reckon it was. I think it was my age then. I think I was about... So I got banned. I played 22, 23, banned 24, came back 20... So I was 26. Uh. I was 26, but just turned 20, 27 at the end of that year, so I would yeah. have been 27 in that year. So I think the age came into it a little bit. Oh, Potsy Atlee, bro. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the age came into it a little bit, but for me, I was like, oh, man, I just need I want one more chance because mm. I know I can play at that level. Yeah. I, 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 I always believed that I could play at that level. I, I believed that I had the talent. Unfortunately, the, the band came at a bad time for my development because it came halfway through my second year, I missed the second, then I missed my third. They're crucial parts of your footy career yeah. as an AFL player. Breaks your momentum. Yeah, and just your development in general. So then yeah. I come back and I just don't hit the ground running and then just get stuck in the VFL and then you're gone and then yeah. you're done. Wow. So, so like, yeah, my family are mad Carlton, right? So my dad's listening to this for sure, hating <laughs> another reason to hate the Saints even more. <laughs> so I'll, do you ever think to yourself what could have happened if you went to the Blues? Yeah, I think... Yeah, pretty cool to play for Adam. That would have been nice. Yeah, the um, two sardies. I think, uh, again, uh, we never know. I could have played poor footy. I could have been bad form. I could have got injured. I could have, whatever it is. But I genuinely believe if I had the opportunity to play at a club where they gave me a chance to play and backed me in, I'd, I think I would have had a long career. I, I do believe that. Mm. Um, but at the same time, only God knows. And we don't and know about what if yeah. and stuff. But... I, I honestly believe I had the talent, um, you know, and I probably just, unfortunately, that band happened at a time where I was still developing as a footballer. Um, this is just... 
Don't bring Carlton up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I always played good right, against Carlton. Exciting, I actually well, always played really well against Carlton. I yeah, don't know Saints, why. Saints always play well against Carlton. Yeah, I don't know why, why but him. I always played well against the Blues. Maybe because I felt like I knew them and I was comfortable. Yeah, and the area and but stuff. Like, I don't know. I just always played well against the Blues. comes over more. Yeah. Oh, I, want, I want to know, so, because you, you, you explained a lot about your competitive nature. And so once you start to figure out and see the signs of like your opportunities in the AFL start to shrink, how was that being able to still play the sport but not the same level and still obviously play to the best of your ability? Tough, man. Very tough. Yeah. Knowing that, it, like, if you're talking in um, in my third year where I got back from the band, I was, got stuck in the VFL, bro, that was probably the worst year of mentally, mentally in terms of sport. Just did not enjoy it. I hated, I hated getting up to go train and play, and because I just knew, like, and I'm, I want to be playing AFL. I'm so I'm on a list, but then I was a rookie as well at that year, and we actually had no rookie spots for me. We had the healthiest list. Wow, that's in, in the AFL that year. Who, so was that? Who was attached to Coburg at that time? No, no. So I'm talking about the third year when I was at AFL after my ban. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the year after, Coburg wasn't affiliated with anyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now this is I'm talking for me. The toughest year was when I got back from my ban. I played the first four games and then got dropped to the VFL. Then I went back as I went back onto the rookie list because we had no injuries, long term injuries, oh. and we had a very healthy list. So no matter what, I could kick ten, five games in a row, mm. but still not be able to play because there's no one injured. Didn't they finish in the bottom half? Did they? We d- yeah, that year we didn't. We weren't well, very like successful. Fifteenth, weren't they? Yeah, we finished bottom half, but th- we had a healthy list, so I couldn't get put back onto the primary list. So no mm. matter what, so I'm going like no matter what I do here, which I know like still got to play good footy, and I tried. But it's just like, yes, man, I'm so close, but I can't even play. Even <laughs> if I dominate, I can have 45 touches and kick 15 oh, tomorrow, but I can't play the week after because there's no one injured. Obviously, not knowing that no one's going to get injured. but yeah. So it was very hard. That year was very, very hard for me. I was dealing with some family issues, some very personal family issues, and that took a bit of, to- bit of its toll on me as well, plus that stuff. So it was just, it was a heavy year yeah, from, yeah, mentally. Um, mm. So that probably played a little bit of a, Factor in probably sometimes my form dipping and stuff, yeah. but yeah, I just felt like I just needed an opportunity to play. Yeah, like at least. Oh. Sorry, bro. Go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. My bad. I was gonna say at least you didn't have the halfback curse. You know, every Muslim footballer that gets jumped half back. halfback. Well, yeah. mate, maybe I should have because <laughs> if you look, it's not a curse because both the halfbackers, Mashallah, had ripper careers. Yeah. Australians. So maybe yeah. I should have went halfback. <laughs> you reckon the change up would have done a good? Nah, nah. I'm a forward, <laughs> brother. <laughs> You would have got straight in the team, yeah? I'm, I'm half back I'm, now. No, I'm down at I'm an outright forward. I love kicking goals. I feel like that's my strength around the goals and stuff like that. Um, not the other way. Yeah, so you're still... We were talking before. You still play till today. Yeah. So how did you overcome this um, mindset of like still playing the sport you love, but then, I guess, taming your competitive nature? Yeah, like how do you You're still competitive. Yeah. Oh, how do you separate the it? boys know. The boys know who I play with. Um, that I'm pretty competitive and I try to demand the best out of them and, and, and I feel like that's I've helped the club like West Preston reach success over the last couple of years obviously we had some really good players with me as well um, but you know I was I've been captain the last five six years um, so I've helped I've tried to demand that success I've tried to demand excellence from the boys and to work hard and all that kind of stuff and we we had a very good list we had a very good coach had some really good players come in so we as a whole team we were very very good um, so yeah, you just, you're just competitive, but it's at the, you just gotta be, you just gotta know what level you're playing. So I'm playing local footy now, but doesn't mean I'm not going to be any less competitive. Yeah, sure. I'm playing at West Preston. I still want to beat, win every game and I still want to win a flag. 
So yeah. I'm still competitive. It's not going to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not. Ch- it doesn't change. So this is where it's like. So you go from playing AFL football, and that's your primary source of income. That's your obviously your job. Yeah. Basically, now you've kind of let go of that as a career, but had it as somewhat of a hobby or something that you enjoy doing. Also, getting paid yeah. a little bit on the side, but it's something that you've kind of had to separate from your primary source of income. Yeah, yeah. Now you're working at AFL, if I'm not mistaken, working uh, as a multicultural ambassador and uh, with the programs at uh, Bashar Hulu yep. Foundation. Um, what's it like having to, you know, or where did that decision, how was that decision made where you're like, I have to kind of separate myself now from that? Yeah. yeah. Well, you kind of have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> you could, I could, if, if I wasn't married and I was single, I could, when I first got out of the system, I could have easily lived off the income I was making playing footy. Mm. But it's not going to be long term. So for me, it's about while I was playing at the AFL, I was a multicultural ambassador um, because of my Egyptian heritage. So um, I did a lot of work. I had my own little armoured side squad um, in my region, did some stuff with Basha and his programs. And I loved that space. Absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, so I was doing that knowing that if I, once my 10-year career is over, I can then fall into you know something. I can build something while I'm playing. Obviously, only played you know three four years, and then I was out of the system. But my work in that space allowed me to get a job at the AFL. So Ali Fahu was the head of diversity at the time, um, and then you know got a role for me as I was back then as just a Bashley programs coordinator. So I just looked after Bash's programs um, from the AFL, and then you know fast track. I'm been there seven and a half years now, and now I manage the multicultural talent programs and all the Bashley Foundation programs nationally. Mm-hmm. So I've been very lucky that I got to work in a space that I absolutely love. I'm still helping develop our multicultural and Muslim youth, helping with footy, with coaching. I'm developing people. I'm helping, um, you know, create good role models and leaders in the community. So I feel like it's such a rewarding job. Um, And I'm very grateful that I've been able to get this opportunity. And if you think about it, footy, if I didn't get drafted, I wouldn't be able to have a role like this. So my AFL, short AFL career actually allowed me to get this role and I feel like that's what's helped me, you know, excel and thrive because of the things that I've been through in my life, whether it's the setbacks, the challenges. I can relate to so many kids. I can relate to the kids that are just starting footy. I can relate to the kids that are guns that are trying to get drafted. I can relate to the older boys that have missed out on a couple of drafts. So I feel like I'm so relatable because of my experiences and that helps me be good at my job. Um, And with the stuff obviously we do within the Bachelor Foundation, how rewarding that is in itself, working with the Muslim community. That on its own, on its own, is massive, and that's rewarding not just here, but later on as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I think I was telling you, like my mum is actually more proud of the work I do now, mm. with the, in terms of our my job, than she was when I was playing AFL because of the work that we're doing with the Muslim community. Um, so that in itself says a lot about the job that I get to do. So, alhamdulillah, I'm very lucky from that yeah. perspective. And again, maybe that's this is where I was meant to be. Maybe yeah. it wasn't to have a 10-year career because you never know what could happen. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have been a good Muslim. Maybe I would have gone a different path. Maybe, I don't know. We don't know, but we always know Allah knows best. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'm very lucky, alhamdulillah, and grateful to be in the position that I'm in and have the role that I have because I get to wake up and I enjoy the job that I do. Sure. I've got a great team at the AFL that I work with that I enjoy, got good people there, and I've got you know, a great team with the Bachelor Foundation as well. So, yeah, pretty lucky. Beautiful thing is that I was listening to a lecture the other day, and the Sheikh was talking about how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala handpicks 
everybody's tests. And like from what I've learned or from what I've seen or hearing this story firsthand, it's like subhanAllah how everybody else's test is different. Yes, like in comparison to, you know, like for example, everyone would think that bro, like at least he got to play AFL, at least he got this, at least he got that. But subhanAllah Allah knew the thing that you love the most. Yeah, took it away. tested it with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for me, it's like there's a trade-off. There's like, you know, Allah Taala knows you know, what you were going to struggle with the most, but he knew that you were going to be able to handle it and bounce yeah, yeah. back, subhanAllah. Right. And I don't know, in, in itself, it feels like there's a, there's, there, was a, there was a fair trade-off. Like, maybe you don't get the AFL career, but, you know, Allah SWT brought you closer to him. That's you know? right, and I'll give, you a, I'll give you something that's going to be very rewarding for you, not just now, but the hereafter as well, because yeah. the work that we're doing, I feel is, it's got a lot of barakah in it in itself. So, 100%. Like, I, I definitely got tested with the thing that I love the most, which was... Being an athlete, professional athlete, and playing AFL footy, um, so that was if you, yeah, if you had to pick something in my life and said to me, Sadi, how can we test you the most? That's definitely it, you know. So that was that was pretty hard, but I feel like I, as a person, as a Muslim, um, I bounced back from that pretty good, um, and I'll always be, I'll always pride myself on that. That I did go through that with my head held high. I own my, I own my mistake. I own, I suffered the consequences. And I feel like I've come out of it a better person. So I'll never shy away from saying that, oh, it's that person's fault for not checking what he was giving me or blah, 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 blah. Mate, at the end of the day, I'll put it in my system. I drank it. So again, it's my fault. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm always proud of myself of how I handled it, how I've come out of it. Um, so yeah, that, that in itself I think speaks of, you know, the person that I am. Um, and again, when I got out of it, I was like, okay, how can I help others, you know? And I tried to educate people around that. I did a course about, you know, bad substance and stuff like that so that I can go and educate clubs and kids and stuff. And I'll do that. I get to do that now with our programs. I always remind them, make sure yeah. anything you're taking, check with your doctor. Because yeah. I don't want to see anyone go through that. But I promise you, it was, it was hell for me. Like, yeah. it's, like I said, sport prison, I would not wish it upon my worst enemy. Yeah. Because if someone loves sport or anything like that, bro, you're stuck by yourself. Training, everything, my running, my weights, kicking, everything by myself. I could only do it with my personal trainer because he wasn't like a club. Yeah, I think it is very important because especially now we can. it's so easy to buy supplements online from different countries. Oh, very so you don't know what um, certain substance we are allowed or not allowed and from the other countries. And man, like that substance on the back of the thing, it was a different... So it came, down, came under two names. So if you looked at the... If you know substances and stuff and you knew the Asada thing off by heart... You wouldn't see the name there, yeah, because it actually came out of a different name. So there's two names to it. So on the label, it's a different name, but on the band list, it's another name. So it was just and a lot of chemists, bro. <laughs> yeah, Come a lot on, of doctor, man. mate. <laughs> <laughs> With the Roxy, so just want to play well. Just want to play well, and <laughs> it wasn't even helping me too. So, but again, all comes down to Nasib, man. And yeah, as I said, I always take full responsibility. And Alhamdulillah, God put me through that test because I came closer to Him, become a better person, and then you know I'm in a position now that you know i guess i didn't think i would be 10 years ago that's an absolute cracker way to end it bro honestly we know this was a long time coming but yeah you know <laughs> all good things come to those who wait so thank you very much for joining us because wallahi 
I reckon this is one of our best pods. I don't just say that to every guest, by the way. I was going to say, I better watch <laughs> the other ones because I reckon you finish off like this every single time. But nah, it's been a pleasure, man. And, and yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we really appreciate it. Yeah. But come on again, inshallah, because we want to bring you on. Maybe we talk a little bit about football. We didn't get to touch yeah. on that. Maybe next time we play indoor and I'll, I'll beat you guys, I can come <laughs> in here and we can maybe have some highlights. It will or not something be happening. Like <laughs> which one <which laughs> was the bad name? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Keep thanks. that one. Uh, thanks for coming nah, on. Bro. Thanks, really boys. Appreciate it. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on the video. And yeah, go and check out all of Ahmed's uh, socials. We're going to link them in the, in the description below. Yeah, have a good one.